This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. The United Nations is hosting COP26 in Glasgow right now. The Conference of the Parties is a gathering of countries and dignitaries to discuss how we can work together to fight climate change. But is it too late? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Joining us from the conference is our senior European correspondent, Katie Collins. So can you just give us a quick rundown of what COP26 is and what the UN is hoping to achieve with this gathering? Yeah, absolutely. So COP26 is the biggest and most important climate conference on the planet. Um, And, you know, they say that at every COP meeting, they usually happen every year. Um, But given the um, recent uh, IPCC report um, that heralded uh, a code red for humanity, we can definitely say that this is the crucial moment. It's a crucial moment in our ability to fix the climate crisis. Some of the big kind of things that the UN is hoping to see come out of this summit are um, the all of the countries that are gathered here and the world leaders, they want to see them be able to kind of meet the commitments that were made under the Paris Agreement, which is um, to try and keep global temperatures um, under, the global temperature rise under 1.5 degrees and uh, this was agreed, but not all of the countries so far have managed to put plans in action. So this is their first opportunity to kind of get back together, talk about how things are going, where their plans are up to, and also to talk about um, money because they promised, the developed countries promised $100 billion by 2020 to go to developing countries in order to help them fight the climate crisis. Um, that's failed. So now they're coming back together and um, they're hoping for a really big financial commitment and to see uh, the countries fulfill the promises that they've made in the past in order to fix what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. And let's, uh, well, just to give our listeners some context around that, if you could talk a little bit about you know how dire the situation is, you, you mentioned that IPCC report, the, you know, this, this uh, basically red alert, this, uh, this uh, huge issue, but, but, I don't, I don't know if you could explain it in a way that kind of gives our listeners some context as to just how bad or how dire things are. Yeah, I mean, I think the easiest way that we can really understand how bad things are is to look around at, you know, some of the things that are happening across the US and across the rest of the world and understand that this is just the beginning. Things like forest fires and hurricanes and floods, um, the, the things that we're seeing causing immense disruption and destruction to our lives um, at the moment, you know, that is only going to get worse. It's going to become more constant. Um, and, you know, it's going to mean that it, every every single person is going to be affected, no matter where in the world you live. The people that are going to be most affected most immediately are those in developing countries. Um, and it's going to result in, if we don't kind of change, if we don't attempt to change and attempt to fix things, um, it's going to result in massive. Um, it's going to uh, climate migration and climate refugees, 
um, flocking to those areas of the world that are still habitable as much of the world becomes inhospitable. Right. And so, you know, you're at the conference now. Give me a bit of a description of what it's like there. Uh, I know it kicked off yesterday. Um, but what, what is it crazy? Is it chaotic? Is it calm? Like what, what does it look like over there? Well, it's really crazy today. Um, it was much calmer yesterday and there wasn't really that, there weren't really that many people around, but today is the world leader summit. So, uh, we have, you know, leaders from hundreds of countries, um, plus, um, dignitaries and VIPs and celebrities all flocking and being in the same building as me right now um and you can imagine what that kind of what chaos ensues when you get all of those people together and people wanting to catch glimpses of them and um you know their entourages and their security um so i mean get just getting into the um into the sec where the summit is being held was very difficult for for a lot of people this morning. I actually didn't find it that difficult because I got here really early, <laughs> and uh, there's airport style security, and um, you have to show a negative COVID test every single day in order to enter. So, um, but it, it didn't take me that long to get in. But and I thought that it would be really hard to catch sight of some of the dignitaries and um, important people who are here, but. As soon as I walked in, almost immediately, I bumped into the First Minister of Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, who's the kind of leader of, of Scotland. Uh, I, I also bumped into uh, Emmanuel Macron, who's the president of France. Uh, and I popped by to the US, um, the, the US pavilion. Um, there's a kind of area of the conference where all of the a lot of the countries that are here have their own little kind of stands, almost like being at a tech trade show. Um, and at the U.S. stand, uh, I, I saw a talk by John Kerry. So um, it's it's kind of amazing. It's very hectic. There are a lot of people here, but there's loads to see, and it's just fascinating just to be here today. Yeah, and you know, you talked about these dignitaries, these world leaders, and I'm I'm curious if it's just them coming here, talking for a little bit, and then flying home in their private jets. Or I mean, do you expect anything actually meaningful? to come out of this conference, especially when it comes to these world leaders who are, you know, kind of wrangling the the world's goals with their own country's interests. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really interesting to see that everybody kind of does come here with very much their own agenda. Um, Joe Biden uh, did his introductory remarks a little while ago, uh, and he was, you know, obviously talking up his plans specifically for the US. And, you know, it's very much their opportunity to come here and like put their country in the spotlight. Uh, you know, I think a lot of the negotiations uh, are going to be behind closed doors. You know, the discussions about, you know, trying to make sure that these goals are reached. Um, there are going to be lots of bilateral talks happening. Uh, the the majority of the leaders I don't think are going to be here that long. There's the World Leader Summit that lasts the first two days, but there are so many other people here doing so much important work on all different areas of climate, whether that be, um, you know, reforestation or, you know, preventing uh, methane being released into the atmosphere or, um, you know, they might be working on smart transport and smart cities um, and all of them are coming together to and, you know, even if there are small gains being made, I definitely think there will be 
but you know whether we get those high level goals and reach those those kind of targets that we're really looking for that's a different matter you know and and very much remains to be seen right the the conference is really just one aspect right because there's a there seems seemingly is gathering outside of the conference and there there, there's sort of other parties that's like what i don't know if you could describe what that that whole big picture kind of looks like with these different parties yeah i mean they're talking about this this cop being the most exclusionary yet in that you know there are a lot of people a lot of voices that should be here but aren't there are people that haven't even made it to glasgow from countries that you know were formerly on the uk's red list for travel haven't been able to get visas they haven't been able to get vaccines um and then there are people who lots of activists lots of civil society groups um who have who are here in glasgow you know talking protesting working out their own solutions there's you know there's massive of masses of events and protests going on all around the city and it's so interesting because you hear inside the you know the dignitaries and the politicians are all talking about the importance of these people in helping fighting the climate crisis but they're not letting them in and having a seat at the table so it's really interesting to see these kind of two forces um what's happening inside here and what's happening outside and in the coming days especially later this week when there are going to be some big marches and protests i'm definitely going to be outside of the summit as well because you know i think that you cannot exclude the importance of what those groups are doing um and you know i think that that even the politicians are listening to them even you know even though like i say they haven't invited a lot of them in yeah and uh sort of on a, on a related note in, in time for this conference you have a piece out today on echo or eco anxiety what exactly is that so eco anxiety is a phenomenon that a lot of um uh psychotherapists around the world are reporting as um is- an issue that they've seen crop up especially among young people where the weight of you know the anxiety about the climate and the future of the planet is weighing on people so heavily um that it's you know really causing them a lot of distress um and at times is making them feel too well too overwhelmed to engage um with with in the kind of the fight for uh against the climate crisis um and you know i it, i was kind of aware that this there is going to be so much in the news over the next two weeks about you know the urgency of this um uh, climate crisis and it I just thought that you know I wanted to give people a guide to help kind of help them understand that they feel if they're feeling overwhelmed or anxious when they see these headlines that's actually kind of a healthy response and there are ways in which you know they can overcome that and um, fight that in order to you know ensure that they're engaging with this issue which you know is very complex and is very scary but, you know, where, I, you know, having spoken to a lot of people here and a lot of the activists, there's also a lot of hope. There, there, is a, there is a sense that if we act now, that we can fix this problem. You know, we can make the world better for future generations. So, you know, I think that it's, it, it would be interesting to see. I'm, I'm hoping that people are able to to engage with what's happening here, even though they're far away and probably feeling 
quite overwhelmed by the news. Now that that's definitely well said, and and yeah, this it's it's a massive, complicated topic. Obviously, a lot of this is going to get discussed. Uh, Katie, thank you for carving out a little bit of your time and trying to find a relatively quiet corner in this chaotic conference to to tape this podcast. Really appreciate it. You can check out her full coverage and CNET's full coverage of the COP26 conference on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or send for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash dailycharge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.